Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Ramadan Mubarak to you and yours. This Ramadan, as we all gather to share a meal with our loved ones, we need to remember those in Gaza who are also gathering to share a meal with so many who aren't there that were just there a year ago. Since October the 7th, the Human Development Fund has assisted over 200,000 people in Gaza, providing them with essential aid, such as food baskets, water, hot meals, winter items, shelter, hygiene kits, and baby formula. Your generous contributions are making a significant impact, especially in Rafah. Let's sustain this momentum and continue providing crucial support during this sacred and blessed month. Please visit hdfund.org slash qalam. That's hdfund.org slash qalam, Q-A-L-A-M, to learn more about our global reach this Ramadan and choose where you'd like to direct your support during this blessed month. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this month a time of mercy, solace, acceptance, and triumph for the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And may Allah continue to use all of us as a means and never replace us. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum. This is Abdurrahman Murphy, and you are listening to Heartwork, The Virtues of Good Friendship, taken from Imam al-Ghazali's Ihya ulum al-Din, the revival of the religious sciences. In this series, we read and explore the eight characteristics that Imam al-Ghazali has outlined as the foundation of being a virtuous friend. He builds off of verses in the Quran, hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, and stories of the righteous from our tradition, and we try to apply them in the context of contemporary real-life examples. At Roots, we have daily offerings for the community across a variety of demographics, focusing on social and spiritual growth. Your contribution helps us grow and allows us to provide more for you and your family and friends. Become a monthly sustainer at rootsdfw.org slash sustain, and please honor us with a visit to Dallas, Texas. Welcome home. How's everybody? Alhamdulillah. Welcome home. It's good to have you guys back. Alhamdulillah, it's good to be back. It's been a long time. Um, Alhamdulillah, I was able to go and perform um Umrah. Uh, and I remembered everybody here, not by name, I'm not gonna lie, but I remembered everybody here uh, in my du'as. And uh, if it's your first time here, then don't don't worry because I asked Allah to bless whoever's gonna come the next time. <laughs> so I got you, inshallah. Um, anyone here been for Umrah or Hajj before? Okay. So make your niyyah right now, that inshallah in 2023, you're going to go visit Mecca, Medina, inshallah. You ready? Yes? You made that niyyah? If you do, Allah will give you like whatever you need to do it. Don't worry about it. Okay, don't, don't start counting money yet. All right? Check your points too. You can use those. But it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, DJ Khaled was there. Like, you know, like, <laughs> it's just amazing. SubhanAllah. It's incredible. I met I, I met someone there. So in in the group of uh, in the group, okay, I'm gonna try to keep this as anonymous as possible. In the group of one of my friends who's who's a sheikh, 
was the, the, the chairman of the board of like one of the major sports companies. Okay. Sports companies here, meaning like apparel, you know, like Adidas, you know, Nike, all these guys. Okay. But the chairman of the board. So we're talking, this guy is like the top of the, uh, the totem pole in the company. And he has been Muslim, mashallah, for 52 years. No one would be able to necessarily like tell right away because, you know, his name and this and that. But he's been Muslim for a long time. And this was his first time visiting Mecca, Medina. And so, you know, when he was asked, you know, how did you how did you find your experience? He said, this is something that everyone has to do. Like he understood Hajj. He's like visiting these cities is something everyone has to try to do. Whether it's Hajj or Umrah or what people have to try because this experience is something. It's such a it's such a detox. It's such a distilling experience. Um, you forget so much of the petty distractions that you have when you're you know in your hometown or wherever you're from. Um, it's really amazing, mashallah. It's really really amazing. So I hope and pray that Allah invites us all. Inshallah, inshallah. And obviously, I usually I take a group every winter. So if you want to come with me, inshallah, I'd love to have you. Uh, there with us, inshallah. Okay. Um, secondly, uh, we're going to be having, inshallah, our Roots Grand opening towards the end of this month. It'll be announced this week, inshallah. We're going to be having food and, you know, kind of walking everyone through the whole process of how Roots went from a lot of people here probably thought the first iteration of Roots was the Beltline Irving space, but actually we existed before then in the Kaliville Masjid Women's Musallah. Anyone here who were part of those, those days? We used to have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and read Quran. That was like literally our vibe, right? And then uh, once we couldn't fit in there, we moved a lot. Alhamdulillah, people's houses, the HOA kicked us out. Uh, and then we moved to another place and then eventually we got our own space. And then Alhamdulillah, now we've arrived in this space. Um, and so we're going to be going through that whole process and kind of explaining all the different programs that we're going to be launching as well, inshallah. So keep your eyes out. Uh, for that, inshallah, okay, let's get started, let's, let's, enough of me, let's go back to what Imam Ghazali is saying, um, you know, coming together and reading and, and, and discussing and talking about these points is something that's so important, um, because a lot of us just kind of take these things for granted, uh, we assume that things like character, if you think about the Prophet Salam, you think that the Prophet Salam, one of the things that he mentioned about himself was that you know, that one of the reasons I was sent, in fact, here is, is called hasr, it means exclusivity. The only reason I was sent is to perfect good character. So a lot of us think that this is something that's like superficial or it's tertiary. Oh, being a good friend, right? But how many people's faith has been either increased or decreased because of the relationships that they have? How many people's quality of life has been bettered or worse, right? Because of why? Because of the relationships that they have. So this is something that is, is, is absolutely critical. And I hope, inshallah, during those two weeks that we didn't have anything, I hope that we were able to think about that and we were able to implement some of the things that we learned, right? This element of being generous and being forgiving and speaking good about people. Because you know what the toughest time is? Is when family gets together. Everyone's like, mm. when family gets together, because that's when people start to talk a lot and you start to all these annoyances and these frustrations start to get even more. And subhanAllah, it just becomes very, very difficult for a person to control their nafs in those situations. Right. So I hope, inshallah, that that preservation, uh, you know, helped that those.
study and help the preservation of the all the good traits that we're hoping to get here, inshallah. Okay, so we are on section number four. We're finishing up section number four. Section number four was on saying good things and being a good advisor. And we mentioned this last time. We said that the, the section three was about being able to hold your tongue. Section four was about being able to use your tongue in a good way. So friendship requires both. A good friend doesn't just stay quiet all the time. And a good friend doesn't talk too much. Right? They know. They have wisdom. They know what to, what to apply. Wisdom, according to the, 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 the people of language, the Arabic linguists, they said wisdom is putting everything in its place. Putting it in its place. Right? When you need to use this, you use it. When you got to hold back, you hold back. So being wise with one's tongue, knowing when to say something and knowing when not to say something. Okay? So Imam Ghazali said, the first section is knowing when to hold back. Why? Because that's our default. Our default should be, look, I'm not going to say something unless it's nice. Okay? That whoever doesn't have any, whoever doesn't, whoever believes in Allah on the last day, say something good or just remain silent. So we have here like a, a condition, okay? Now we've gone on to the fourth section, which is what to say. And he mentioned things. What did he say we should do? Who can remind us? It's been 14 days. It's been a long time. Or 21 days, I think, right? I don't know. I can't do math. What did he say we should do? What's, what are some things that you should say? Even if you don't know, just guess. I'm sure you can get it. Yeah. Good. That's really good. One of the, one of the most important ones. Defending somebody, especially when they're absent. So if someone's being talked about and you're there, you should be the one that kind of defends them and says, hey, you know, either what you're saying is not true, or maybe we don't know the whole story, or at the very minimum, you just say what? This is not good. Like, we shouldn't be doing this, right? We shouldn't be doing this. And you can even, if you, if you have to, someone asked me after last time, they said, what do I do if, like, all of those hints are ignored? I said, it's okay to just get up and go get a drink and leave, right? A good, like, a drink meaning, like, water and stuff, right? It's okay to get up. <laughs> Not like your, your sorrows. It's okay to get up and like go and get something to eat. Whatever. Like, yeah, I got to go. How many times have you gotten a text message before? I'm like, I got to run. Right? So if you don't want to be in a bad environment, look, we're not, we're not dumb. We all know how to get out of situations that we don't want to be in. Just make sure that being around backbiting is a situation you don't want to be in. And maybe that will be a hint. Maybe like six, seven times in a row. It's like, man, every time we start talking, you know, trash about somebody, Abdurrahman just gets up and leaves. Right? Okay, so using that, very good. What else? What else did Imam Ghazali say about how to use your tongue in a good way? Yeah. Yes, always assuming the best. And when you hear something good, what should you do? Tell them. Like, you should tell them. If someone says something nice about somebody and that person's not there, pull out your phone. Text that person. Hey, so-and-so said something good about you. They said you were really this or that. Okay? Why? Because... If we hold back on that, it might be a sign that there's envy there, that there's jealousy, right? If I can't even give good news, if I can't be a good deliverer of good news, that could be a really bad sign for me. So learn how to practice this. If you want to become somebody that's never, ever, you you don't have the ailment of hasad, of envy, be a person that loves giving good news to other people. That so-and-so said this or so-and-so praised you for that, okay? What else? Yeah, Naman. Yeah, very good. Yeah, the Prophet ﷺ said, if one of you loves your brother, then what? You should? You should let them know. You should say it to them. I love you, right? And none of this, like, I love you, pause. Like, none of that stuff, okay? 
just say it. I love you, right? Like, I really appreciate you. You in my life is better than you not in my life. Okay? Be able to do that. And, you know, everyone gets on this tip when, 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 when serious tragedies happen. When somebody passes away or some, you know, everyone says, oh, tell people you love them before it's too late. And then, like, we see the next, like, cat meme. And then we see the next, like, TikTok, you know, like, recipe. And the next video of so-and-so. And then it's like, we forget. We forget until the next tragedy cycle happens again, right? Make it a point in your day to communicate to the people that you love that you love them, okay? It doesn't always have to be, like, dramatic or a phone call, right? And by the way, like, like sending them a heart emoji is not the same. Don't, don't, don't get out of that, okay? A lot of guys don't even do hearts. They send each other roses, which is kind of even weirder, to be honest with you. I'm, like, more okay with the heart than a rose, feel like I'm on The Bachelor, like I got to move on to the next round or something. Like, you know, here's a rose. <laughs> Don't ask me how I know. Uh, is that true? Is that how it works? I heard. I got to leave at eight on the dot. No, I'm joking. Um, all right. So let's move on to the next one. Okay. Well, let's finish the chapter. Okay. Um, the last bit, and this is really important, is being a good friend means that when it is your responsibility to give advice, that you give it. Now, we talked about one of the conditions. The condition is what? He says, and he even mentions here, he says that if, okay, all of this applies to a fault that they are unaware of. So number one is like, if you know this person's working on it, don't keep bringing it up. If you know this person's working on it and they don't like it about themselves, right? If this person's, they're not punctual, they're late, don't keep bringing, hey, you're late again. Don't do that, right? They're aware, okay? In fact, in that case, a better response would be what? To try to be motivating, encouraging. Hey, you were only 20 minutes late today. You know, instead of you're 40 minutes late, right? Or if someone doesn't call you back, you say what? Like, or text you back. You're like, I, don't worry about it. Like, I know you're super busy. Just get me back when you can. Just mess me when you can, right? Use your tongue in a good way to what? To d- deflate a lot of the tension that must be there. Okay? So if it's a fault that somebody's aware of, then just, you know, don't be that person. Don't point out the obvious. Okay, then he says, and is merely under a compulsion from their nature, something that's something that's like natural to them. If it's something that they struggle with, and that's natural, it just you know, veil it if they conceal it. You know, if it's if, if they if they came in late and they kind of quickly, quietly moved and slid and went and sat in a chair, don't be like, oh, good to see you, welcome. Don't do that. Okay, act like they've been there the whole time. However, if they are not shy or bashful about it, okay? If there's somebody that just kind of like, almost is like a weird flex. Sometimes it's like a defense mechanism, right? We have a flaw, and instead of being naturally apologetic about it, we're like, yes, yeah, so what? Now Imam Ghazali says, now you can flex on it. Because that's kibir. Because that comes from arrogance. So if somebody says something bad, or does something wrong or whatever, and they say, yeah, who cares? This is, what, this is who I am. Then Imam Ghazali says, no, no, no. Now you have to tell them that's not right. So he says, then you can advise them kindly. First, by using hints. He uses the phrase isharat, like allusions. Okay? Maybe not directly at the person. You kind of generally sort of give them a gentle hint, a nudge here and there. Then explicitly. But you should be careful never to push a person to the point of alienation. They should never feel alone. They should never feel like they're outcasted now. I'm not part of the group anymore. I can't be friends because of this issue. If advice leads to alienation, it's not advice anymore. 
It's destruction. Because shaitan attacks who? The lonely person. You will never ever believe until maybe later in your life how powerful and how critical it is to have the village around you. And how much your company can save you. The people you surround yourself can save you. Shaitan loves, loves when a person feels isolated. That's one of the primary means. That's why when you look at how Shaitan acts, right? I know Sheikh Mikhail's class on Wednesdays. I'm sure he's covered this way better than I can. When you look at how Shaitan plants these seeds of drama in families and friends, it's very, very subtle. Why? Because he's playing the long game. He wants to be, he's not looking at today. He wants you to be isolated 12 weeks from now. He doesn't care about 12 minutes from now. So that's when he starts putting the doubts, the whispers in your ear and your heart. And that's when people start talking back, sending screenshots, assuming the worst, su'idhan. And then eventually, one, two, five, ten weeks later, we're no longer friends. And then the person starts to have these negative thoughts. And then they start to fall off. Why? Because of loneliness. Okay? So Imam Ghazali here says, advice is important. The Prophet taught us that we should be good in giving advice. However, it is always a hard stop. If you think to yourself that what I say to this person is going to push them away, it's always a hard stop. So then the, the question is naturally, what? What do I do? Do I let this person keep making a mistake? But I don't want to alienate them. Man, I know you're more creative than that. Everyone here is so creative, man. We, we, we figure out ways. I mean, subhanAllah, think of the lies you told to your parents in high school. That was a little bit of a sensitive joke, right? Everyone's like, your parents right next to you, you're like... Not me, right? <laughs> this shake sucks, right? Like, think of how creative you got, right? Go to the library. Really? Why are you wearing a tuxedo? It's a formal study session, right? <laughs> On prom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know what prom is, right? Why, why are you dressed like that? You going to the football game? No, no, no. We're gonna go. You know, we're gonna go uh, read Quran at the masjid, inshallah, right? We got so creative. We are creative when it comes to achieving goals we want. So in giving advice, we can also be creative. The, 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 where does it start? You want, to be, you want to be soft. You don't want to slam dunk on this person. You're not trying to score points. You want to genuinely be an agent of beneficial change. This will change everything. This will change everything. The Prophet Isaac we should say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The Prophet wow, what a man. Do you, do you realize how many times he could have looked at people and been like, what is wrong with you? I'm a prophet, right? Like, what are you doing? What are you saying? Why are you acting this way? He had endless license. The stories are numerous. If we went around the room, I'm sure we could each, you know, oh yeah, I remember this story, someone was acting this way. And subhanAllah, he had to have that, patience, that fortitude, to be able to just be so, I mean, the only word to describe it really is perfect in every situation. And the one time, the one time that he had a, a moment of humanity, and it wasn't even noticeable because the person was incapable of seeing, they were blind. The one time the Prophet him in a moment where there was high stakes, high pressure, and this man comes to him, Abdullah bin Umektum, and he says, Ya Rasulullah, I have a question. And the Prophet Sallallahu is already talking to somebody. What do you do when you're talking to somebody and somebody interrupts you? How do you respond? You do the famous, what? You guys know that? That wasn't Mike, that was me. 
I've gotten so good at it. You can't, I'm like a ventriloquist, right? You, you interrupt something, right? I was at the airport. I was at Jeddah airport. And I, so I, I tore my ACL a couple weeks ago, alhamdulillah. So I was making my way through the airport after Umrah. And I was like, you know, limping a little bit because he was really sore and swollen. And this guy, subhanAllah, just kept trying to cut in front of me, right? MashaAllah, big beard, big thobe. Right, looks like young Dumbledore, like looks really religious, okay? And I look at him and I'm wearing like, you know, my standard, like just not this, this is not what I wear normally, but I was wearing whatever. And I'm there and I look at him and he keeps trying to cut in front of me. And so I don't even have to say anything. I just go, and he goes, Afwan, Afwan, all right? And he moves back, right? Why? Because when someone does something that displeases you, you don't even have to. That's why in the Quran, Allah says, what? Don't say what to your parents. Like, even the smallest, it's just literally, it's not even a word. It's just air leaving your mouth. <laughs> How many times have we done that? The one time the Prophet didn't even do that. It was just the tafsir says his eyebrows literally quivered like this. Just that. You would have almost confused it for a blink. Allah sends an entire surah. Allah says, he frowned and turned away when the man who was blind came to him. Ajib, right? That's how high of a standard we have to have. Look, you don't have to memorize the whole Quran. You don't have to, you don't have to pray 17,000 raka'at a day. You don't have to do this and that. You don't have to become Imam Malik with hadith. You don't have to memorize. You don't have to become the next great faqih and faqih. You don't have to do that. But can you be nice to people? Can you just be kind? Can we, over, can we make sure that our words are not inflammatory? Can we make sure that we're not launching bullets at people with our tongue? That's all, that's all this is asking. And everyone has the capacity to do that. That's why character is stressed upon so much. Okay? So advise them kindly. Don't alienate this person. If you know that this advice will not avail, then what? And that this person is compelled by their nature to persist. This means that some people... It is true. They just have it in them. It's not going to click yet. It might take time. It's not going to click yet. Okay? No matter how much you remind them, it just is what it is. You just got to, you know, you got to play the long game. Then he says, what? It is better to say nothing at all about it. So much for what concerns your brother's interest in religion and the world. Okay? When it is a matter of a shortcoming in their duty towards you. When it is a matter of a shortcoming in their duty towards you. When you ask them for something and they didn't do it. When you expected it and they forgot. And they dropped the ball. Then what does he say? Number one, be patient. Number two, forgive. Number three, pardon. And number four, just look away. Just turn a blind eye. To interfere in this case has nothing to do with advice at all. You forgot to get me a drink, man. You said you were going to the kitchen. I asked you for a drink. That's not advice. That's not. Oh, I just want him never to forget again. Yeah, whatever, right? Think of the battle of Uhud. What did the Prophet tell the archers at Uhud? It was one instruction. Don't leave. Don't leave. You're already up here. Don't leave. And they left. Once they saw that the battle was being won by the Muslims, once they saw all the spoils of war, the shields, the swords, everything encrusted with gold and silver and jewels, once they saw that all of the people, the infantry, we're collecting. What did the archers do? Most of them, not all. What did they do? They left. And they went down. And who saw that? Khalid. Radiallahu anhu. Bin al-Walid. 
right, from the other side at the time, not Muslim yet. And he says, now's our chance. And he goes and they, they flank the other side. Now it's a two-front war. This led to so much damage and destruction, death of beloved people to the Prophet He lost his uncle Hamza. He lost Mus'ab. He lost all of these people that were so beloved to him. He himself was injured. And what does Allah tell him in the Quran? Allah Ta'ala says, Allah Ta'ala says, no, he says what? Sorry. What's the ayah? Oh, subhanAllah, I'm forgetting. I'm jet lagged. I know the translation. I'm forgetting the Arabic. Anyways, he says to him what? He says, anhum uh, there's three steps. Yeah, I remembered it. I needed the pressure of all of your faces looking at me. <laughs> I closed my eyes, right? Forgive them. This is crazy. That part's really amazing. Seek forgiveness for them. So you forgive them, pardon them, and you make dua in the middle of the night, oh Allah, forgive them. Because that's one of the signs of love of somebody is that you don't want them to be on bad terms with Allah either. Okay. And when it comes to asking their advice, don't leave them out because they're going to feel like they're not, that no one cares about them. Okay? The Prophet in that moment demonstrated such beauty, again, of character. It's okay if the person that you're expecting to do this or that, if they stumble, it's okay. It's not a sign of any sort of nobility or virtue to remind them or to flex on them, or to make them feel it. That's not how Muslims act, right? We want, to be, we want to be remembered for being kind. We want to be remembered for being compassionate and merciful. When people think of you, when they think of your name, when they hear your name being mentioned, don't you want them to think good things? Don't you want their heart to feel at rest? Don't you want their resting heart rate to go down? Not up. You don't want someone's name, someone, your name to be mentioned by somebody and the person says, where, are they here? You don't want that. You want the people to say, oh, they couldn't make it. And you're like, man, I wish they could have been here. It's such a good time when they're around. Everyone's so relaxed. Everyone feels so good when this person's here. May Allah make us like that. So the Prophet was Okay. Nevertheless, if the case is such that his persistence is his fault would lead to rupture, then remonstrating in private is better than rupture. So if you think that this fault is going to lead to your friendship ending, then you do need to have a last-ditch effort. You might need to have that intervention, all right? You might need to have that serious conversation. Allusion is better than direct approach. Correspondence is better than verbal address. Imam Ghazali just said texting them is better than talking. Correspondence is better. It's true. Sometimes when you talk verbally, you kind of get your words mixed up. You say things that you can't take back. When you're texting, you can erase, you can rewrite, you can add smiley faces, right? You can make it seem a lot more friendly. When you're talking, sometimes we say things that we, it, doesn't, it doesn't come out the right way. So you know yourself. You judge yourself. Maybe for you, talking is better. For me, I, when I text, I use a lot of periods. You know, you know what those are? People get really af- afraid for some reason. I use a period with my sister-in-law. And she's like, why are you so upset? <laughs> I'm not upset. I wrote a sentence. <laughs> That's the end of the sentence, right? Would you like a comma instead? What can I do to make you feel? She's like, no, it just seems so final. I'm like, it is. It's a period. Like, that's the end of the sentence. Okay? So for some people, 
you know, maybe speaking verbally is better. You got to judge the situation. You know your situation best. Okay. Um, oh, this is an interesting story. You guys got, are you guys ready for this? Some of these stories are really interesting. You just got to be ready for it. Some people can't take it. It's like, it's like eating uh, brain masala. You're like, what? Okay. A certain man, Abu Bakr al-Kattani said, a certain man kept me company and he was heavy on my heart. So I had a friend and basically I felt tense when I was around him. Okay. So one day I made him uh, a present in hope of relieving my heart. Like I got him a gift, but it did not help to no avail. So one day I led him by my hand to my house. I come over and I said, put your foot on my cheek, which is again, uh, uh, like the, the height of humiliation. Okay. This is what happened one time when Abu Dhar, when he called Bilal, right? he heard him in a racially charged way. And then Bilal told the Prophet and the Prophet said, He said to Abu Dhar, like, ignorance still lives inside of you. How could you say that? Abu Dhar was so upset with himself that he put his face on the ground and he said, Bilal, put your foot on my face. Bilal said, no way. He said, do it. He said, no. He literally grabbed his foot and he put it on his cheek. And he said, I, just, just like I've humiliated you with my tongue, you need to humiliate me now. Right? So this person said, I, I led them to mine. And I said, put your foot. He refused, but I insisted. You must. And then he did it. And at that moment is when the thing left my heart. What is the, what is the lesson in that story? You guys tell me. If you read this, would you be like, who is this Imam Wazadi guy? What's going on? What do you think happened? What do you think happened? We, when I say it, everyone's going to go, oh. You know, though. What happened? Let's practice this. You guys can read this, too. We got somebody? Yeah. Seems like maybe he had some sort of envy or jealousy. Close. Okay, good. Yeah, so he had some sort of envy or jealousy, right? Anyone else? Yeah? Did he feel that? Maybe the tension came from this, like, he felt he wronged him. That's actually very close. Yes. Kind of a combination, right? Kind of a combination of these things. Very good. There are times when we are upset with people, but in reality, we're more upset with how we feel about them than we are with them. We wish that we could just get over it. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't bother anybody else but us. And, and, and they occupy, right? You're giving them, you're giving them you know, property in your heart rent-free. Like, you're constantly bothered by it. You guys ever wonder why so-and-so does that? They're like, no, I never wondered about you. Like, doesn't it bother you? It doesn't bother me. And then you worry. You're like, is there something wrong with me? And the answer is yes. You know, like, it's not you. It's not, it's not you. It's me. Like, sometimes it is really not you. It really is me. And this is what he said. He said that I had an issue with this guy. And, and it just bothered me so much. There was something that clashed about our personalities. And it just occupied my heart so much. It made me so negative. Maybe it made me feel arrogant. Maybe it made me wrong with the person. Maybe I had some jealousy. And, and the only way that I could have expelled this from myself was to be humble in front of, in front of him. Right? Was to be humble in front of him. So he took all the steps. He's like, I bought him a gift. It didn't work. And then I say, you know what? The only way is to humble myself in the most extreme way that I know how, which is what? Put your foot on my cheek. I don't want to see everyone doing this afterwards, right? Half the room is laying down, half the room has a foot on the cheek. 
figure it out in your, your cultural context. What does that mean? Right? For us, what does that mean? It might mean something very different. But there's ways that you can ask somebody for their forgiveness in a humbling way. Okay? This one's amazing. I was a companion to Abdullah Razi as he was going to the desert. His two friends. He said, either you or I must act as the leader. This is a very important sunnah, by the way. If you have a group of people, you got to have one emir. you got to have somebody that's going to make the final call. Otherwise, what happens? Where should we eat? And everywhere closes. Right? It starts, where should we eat at nine? It ends with IHOP at midnight. And IHOP was not on the top five. Let me put it that way. Okay? So this is like the Ramadan conundrum. May Allah Ta'ala give us Ramadan. We're so close, man. SubhanAllah. So he says, either you or I must act as the leader. I said, you, not it. I'm not going to do it. You're it. Okay? So then the, the, his friend responded, Abdullah said, okay, then you must listen to me. You must obey me. And so he's like, yeah, sure. You're the emir. I'll obey you. So then he took all the belongings and put it in his bag, and he carried it. So his friend, his friend said, he felt embarrassed. His friend said, no, no, give me all that stuff. Don't carry it. He goes, nope. I'm the emir. Right? He goes, yeah. He goes, okay, listen to me. I'm going to carry this. You walk. So he said, man, I felt so bad. He said, that night we were caught in rain. And then he stood at my head till the morning, shielding me from the rain with a cloak he wore while I sat there saying to myself, if only I had died sooner than I said, you be the leader. Meaning what? He told him, I'm going to cover you with a cloak and I'm going to shield your head. Sometimes, subhanAllah, this is the level of love that these people had for each other. They literally would never want to see their friend being inconvenienced. They would never want to see their friend being in pain or discomfort. You know, even something like, you know, alhamdulillah, like we see this in our community, things like paying for the bill, like people running after that. Okay, someone's holding the door open for you. Someone's saving you. We never want to see this inconvenience in our friends. Down to the degree that we regret we regret the moments that we let them serve us and we didn't try to reciprocate the service. Okay? So this is from the, uh, uh, some of the statements of the Sadiqin. Okay? Let's continue, inshallah. Here's the next one. The fifth duty is to forgive mistakes and failings. All right? The failing of a friend, he says, is like two kinds. Either in their religion or through the commission of an offense or in their duty to you through an omission of brotherhood. So it's either going to be like a religious issue like the person did something sinful, wrong to you, okay? Or they didn't do what they should have for you. So it's either that they did something bad or they didn't do something good, okay? That's how mistakes can happen. Now, notice here Imam Ghazali is starting this by saying that this is going to happen. If you want friends that are going to be perfect, get ready for a very lonely life. You're not going to have friends that are perfect. Some of your friends are going to say things that bother you. They're going to do things that upset you. They're not going to deliver in the way that you expect. That's just part of life. And we have to be okay with that. You know why? Because there will come times when your friends will have the very same argument against you. And so we have to be willing to be forgiving those moments so that we will be forgiven. Okay? In the case of religion, sorry, if you are incapable of this and they remain obstinate, oh, I'm sorry, I keep skipping. In the case of religion, where they commit an offense and persist in it, you must advise them, advise them kindly like we just talked about. Put their affairs in order and restore them to a correct and virtuous state. If you are incapable of this and they remain obstinate, they're not going to change. At this point, there's a divergence in the ways followed by the companions and the successors of the Prophet, وسلم, whether to maintain 
their right to affection or cut off relations. Okay, what is he saying here? Have you guys ever heard, don't be friends with bad Muslims? Let me rephrase that. Anyone here ever been to Sunday school? <laughs> I'm just joking. Right? Okay. So the common, the common trope, let me just... I'm going to get in trouble. Okay, I'm tired. I went to Islamic school, okay? I distinctly remember... And this is something that is very commonly repeated. Don't be friends with bad kids. Don't be friends with bad Muslims. Okay? Now, here's the problem with statements like that. The problem is that, number one, is that it essentializes everybody. How do we know what kind of Muslim a person is? How can we tell? If we start by talking about, like, physical, well, that can be problematic in a lot of ways. Because we've all heard the, the counter-arguments, right? Oh, this person, I've seen many people who look religious but are really horrible. I've seen many people who wear this or who grow that, but they're actually tyrants or they're really, really bad. And I've seen people who don't and they're really good. So again, it turns into this logical war, going one for one, okay? Then we start talking about, okay, well, maybe not appearances, but what about actions? Can't we judge people by their actions? Well, don't you have some actions that you're regretful for? Don't you have some moments that you wish you could take back? Okay, so do you want to be somebody that other people say about you to their children? Don't hang around that person. Right? You don't want to be that person. That's that, by the way, that was me. When I meet people from my, from when I meet the parents of my friends from the Islamic school that I went to, and they see what I do now, they're like, wow, God is real. Like they, they're like, this is nuts. I told, I got expelled from Islamic school. You guys know that? Different story. For a long, another time, inshallah, right? I got expelled, and then I went back and taught at that school. Isn't that crazy? Here's the craziest part. I got expelled, and then like a decade later, they invited me to speak as the keynote for their annual fundraiser, not knowing that I got expelled. And they were like our, one of our proudest alums. <laughs> and I get up there and I'm like I didn't graduate from here and everyone's like you didn't and I'm like no I was escorted out freshman year my mom was on the phone you can't expel him we're leaving right it was big anyways okay so <laughs> the point being is that when we make these judgments about people we're locking them in time number one we're not looking at their context and most importantly, we're not being prophetic. Look, if the argument is, well, you can't be friends with somebody who, who aren't as good as you, then how did the Prophet have friends? How did he have friends? Couldn't he have just said, you're not as good as me, you're not as good as me? No one was as good as him. Not a single person could come close to him. But he had friends. He had friends that he loved, who struggled drinking, who struggled with illicit relationships, who didn't pray all the time. He loved these people. Now, he did not indulge in the behavior. He didn't say, it's okay. He didn't say, okay, let's all, let's give it a sh No. Religious principle was firm, but character was always there. Right? And motivation was always there. And he realized that if we don't create a community where people can be keep each other company, then we're going to start to have spiritual silos. And the crazy thing about spiritual silos is that everyone thinks they're better than everybody else. 
But when you actually break down those walls and hang out with people, you realize that people are incredible. You see the beauty in their, in their, in their deen. You see that somebody that you thought was something else, struggling with something apparent, has a million gems that are hidden. And you saw somebody that you thought had no weakness spiritually because of what they look like, and they're struggling deeply. And your relationship with them is helping you and them. This is amazing. The Quran says, hold on to the rope of Allah together. There's no prioritization of that rope based on how a person looks. Allah is saying, Jami'an together. If we erase the togetherness of the ummah, we can't hold on to that rope. That's it. So he says, there is a divergence. Meaning Imam Ghazali here is saying, look, it's not agreed upon how to handle the situation. There have been people classically that have advised, not advised, but they've said, this is how I handle the situation. If somebody is sinful and they're my friend, they're no longer my friend. But you know what's crazy? Imam al-Ghazali here, he's, he sounds very objective. Oh, there's two different opinions. By the end of this, you know exactly which opinion he follows. Because he only gives the more tough opinion, like one or two proofs. He gives the soft one like 40. And then he's like, you choose. <laughs> right? It's like, you know, that's what he says. So watch. He goes, Abu Dhar. And Abu Dhar, again, who was Abu Dhar? Let's contextualize this person. If you don't know who this guy is, then you read this and you're like, ugh. Abu Dhar used to be a highway robber. Literally, if you were driving, he would hold you up. Abu Dhar al-Ghifari, he was from the Ghifar tribe. They used to rob people point blank on their trade routes in, in Arabia. This is who he was. He was a tough guy. I mean, like, he's tough. So he says, and again, when people uh, 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 grow up and cultivate themselves in an environment that is so void of spirituality, and then they come to spirituality, what do they do oftentimes? They go all the way. No excuses. Right? So the person that grew up like so far away from Allah, when Allah guides them and they become, you know, Muslim or they start practicing however you want to understand that, sometimes they go super hard the other way. And for them, that's okay. Like, again, everyone to each their own. Don't, don't prescribe it to everybody. But I'm not going to hold you back if you want to pray at a.m. every night. You want to fast every other day, but you can't say that if you eat that you're a munafiq because we need to fast every other day. No, even the Prophet said, Some days I fast, some days I eat. You get my point? So Abu Dhar was very, very much coming back from a very, very troubling past. Okay, and this isn't a criticism, this is just again, we're reading the seerah. This is who he was. So, what does he say? If your brother or sister turns their back on their duty, then hate them as you used to love them. Right? He says, school of hard knocks, man. This is who he, and for some people, this is what is needed. Right? The medicine, the dosage is a little bit stronger in some cases. There are some relationships where it's true. Maybe not to hate, but if you were really close to somebody and you realize that their company for you specifically was not good, then you might have to not go and hang out with them as much as you used to. Okay? So that's Abu Dhar. He considered this the course dictated by love for the sake of Allah and hating for the sake of Allah. As for Abu Darda and one group of companions, they took the opposite view. Oh wow, he didn't even give two, he gave one evidence. <laughs> That's amazing. Abu Darda says, if your brother or sister alter and change their hue, like their color, like what they look like, 
do not desert them on the account of that change. Why? Because sometimes your friends will be crooked and sometimes they'll be straight. That's, that's it. That's the reality of life, man. If we give our friends one chance, two chances, and say, you know what, that's it. You've been voted off the island, Abdurrahman Island. Like, again, loneliness is your only, is your only future. Ibrahim al-Nakhai, he said, do not break off from your brother or sister and do not shun them on account of a sin they have committed. Why? Because they may commit it today, but they might give it up tomorrow. Don't cut them off. Again, if I posted this on Twitter and I didn't put the name, you know what people say? Compassionate imam. What a simp. <laughs> I swear, I swear, this is how we are. This is Ibrahim and Nechai, dude, from the Salaf, man. And he's saying what? Forgive people. If somebody makes a mistake, right? Even the people who call me a simp, forgive them, right? If they, if they say sorry, come on, man, let's go. Let's have a let's have a mango lemonade, right? They're like I knew, and I was just joking, right? <laughs> he also said, "Do not tell people of the mistake of a learned person, for the learned one may make a mistake and then they leave it." This is a very, very let me let me clarify this because I know some people might have contention with this. We do not the general rule, okay? Allah Taala, the, the Prophet Sallallahu taught us that what that whoever covers for somebody. Allah Ta'ala will cover for that person on the day of judgment. Okay, so you see a mistake that is made. Someone makes a mistake. It's not time to, you know, blow the horn. Let everyone know. You cover for that person, Allah Ta'ala will cover for you. Right? Yes or no? Makes sense? Private mistake. Okay, you happen to witness something that's private. The person is regretful. It's from our deen to actually what? Remain? Silent, to cover up. That's actually, there are exceptions to this. Okay, if this mistake has impact beyond just that person, if that person might be in charge of people, responsible, okay? Let's say that they're in charge of like a nonprofit and they steal money, right? You don't catch them stealing money and you're like, I got you. Day of judgment, okay, I got you, right? Send me a Bitcoin, I got you. Although now not worth much but that's not it right we handle that situation in accordance to what is virtuous to make sure that whatever is being appropriated or wronged is is right if somebody is abusive if somebody again and this has to be proven it can't be speculated we don't shout things out oh i think so and so is no 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 we have to go through a process we operate by things that we know okay we have evidences we have you know, uh, judges and, and, and scholars that we can consult with to make sure that things are thabit, and then you can move forward and handle it in a way that's there. So we don't just like wash over for everybody because I know that this is a contentious issue. The default in the tradition is what? That we hide people's flaws. But there is also public responsibility if the person is more public. And if the person has a, 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 a legitimate position in the community, then that person also has to be held to account in a way that has dignity, in a way that has dignity, that has legal implication. No, no court of public opinion, right? That's not how we handle things, right? We do things in a way that is legally bound, okay? So in this case, he's saying, if you see a person making a mistake, even if that person is learned and they make a mistake, don't just blow it out of proportion, 
right? They might fix it. They might repent for that, okay? Beware of the mistake of the learned. Do not cut them off, but await their return. Everyone's human. Every single person's human. You might see, uh, subhanAllah, man, I, I, uh, there was a person one time that met a, a, a scholar, a friend of mine, uh, subhanAllah, more of a teacher, subhanAllah. Uh, he passed away. Uh, may Allah Ta'ala give him, inshallah, nur in his grave. Um, anyways, there was a guy I knew that met him, and they were hiking. You guys ever gone hiking before? I know this is Dallas, but you guys ever gone hiking? Like, yeah, I hiked through North, North Park Mall. <laughs> so you know when you're hiking and there's like a lot of like elevation change and stuff like that? What kind of face are you making? Are you like feeling it? Are you like, no, you're like, I want this to be done. Why, why did I do this? Right? So your face is not like the, the greatest of faces. So they took this sheikh, friend of mine, they took him on a hike. And you can imagine his face. He's hiking and he's like, God, I don't want to be done with this so bad. So then at that exact moment that his face is like, you know, this guy comes up to me. He's like, Sheikh, you're my greatest hero. I love you more than I love myself. I never thought I'd meet you in person. Let me just look at you, right? And the Sheikh looks at him and he's like, huh? And that guy was so offended by that moment that the Sheikh wasn't like, come here. You know, like he's just so offended. That wallahi, I'm not joking. That guy told everyone for the next four years that this sheikh is a sheikh americani. They don't have the sunnah. They don't smile, blah, 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 blah. Just, just absolutely threw garbage on this guy's reputation. Because he didn't smile during a hike when this guy was basically like opening his heart to him. And I remember that, I'll never forget that story because when I meet people, I'm like, smile. <laughs> but I'm also, I'll also never forget that story because I'm like, man, people really don't have a chance. We Forget Sheikh or not. We don't give each other chances. We don't like contextualize the situation. What if he had used the bathroom? You want him to smile and his bladder's about to explode? Like what? What if he had, like, what if he had Shalimar the night before? There's always a Shalimar in every city. And it's not going well, right? There's GI issues. I'm sorry if you own a Shalimar. You're like, this is libel. This is, you know, against our, our business. There's a million reasons why it's okay to not have a smiling face sometimes, especially when a person's doing exercise. Okay? Otherwise, let's go on the Stairmaster, and I want to see your face. And subhanAllah, right? Here's the crazy part. How much and benefit did this person prohibit themselves from ever having just because of that one moment? How many lectures and classes and lessons and, 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 and spiritual moments of growth did this person completely lose out on because of that one moment? Because he, he didn't smile at you at 7,000 feet. And now all of a sudden, and now every sheikh is like this. So I don't want to learn from every, that's what he's saying. Beware of the mistake of the learned person. That was a mistake. If you ask him over again, hey, should you have a smile? He's like, yeah, probably I could have. But how much did you lose out on because of that one thing? All right? May Allah Ta'ala protect us. Okay? Um, it is related about Omar, that he once asked about a person that was a close friend of his, right? College buddy, who had gone away to Sham. He asked someone who came to him, what has my brother been up to? What has that guy been doing? 
the person said, that person is the, 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 the brother of Shaytan. Can you imagine? Can you imagine like you're friends with somebody, you haven't seen them in a few years, and you're like, what are they up to? And they're like, they're, the, they're, they're like Satan's best friend. You're like, oh, God. <laughs> right? So literally, look at the translation. Eh? Because actually, because actually, no, in Arabic, I have my iPad. The Arabic text, I think he's an ha. I really think so. Hold on, I got to find it. I'll find it after, okay? Eh? Right? Canadians are reading that as A, wrong. It's not A. Right? We were sorry. Okay, so. He says he has committed major sins. He's committed all the major sins. And he's even started drinking. He's even started drinking, subhanAllah. Okay? Telling his informant to let him know when the person intended to return. Meaning like, hey, when you go back to Sham, let me know. I've got to send you something. I'm going to send something with you. Omar, he wrote the beginning of Surah Ghafir. Surah Ghafir is a chapter obviously named after, right? Allah Ta'ala's forgiving traits. His forgiving traits. And in the ayat that he wrote, he said what? Hamim, that this is the revelation of the book that is from God. The Almighty, the All-Knowing, Forgiver of Sins, Acceptor of Repentance, Stern in Punishment. How many mentions of forgiveness? Three. Okay. Almighty, All-Knowing, you could say. Okay, two. Forgiver of Sins, Acceptor of Repentance. And then, if you don't take advantage of that forgiveness, there is a consequence. There is stern punishment. He remonstrated with him under this quotation, meaning he wrote to him and he chided him. Right? He said, come on, man, get it together. You're better than this. His brother wept when he read the letter and he said, God speaks true and Omar advises me truly. God speaks true and Omar advises me. So he repented and he came back. Can I just share one thing with you and then we'll, we'll wrap up inshallah. Anyone who has ever become closer to Allah in their life, which is our goal, yes? Can we agree? We want to become closer to God. Anyone who has ever become closer to Allah in their life after having made mistakes earlier in their life, only was made to do so or brought to that point by being under the caring, loving arm of a person who cared for them. Like if Omar, whose name is synonymous with toughness, was able to find it in his toolbox to write a letter that was inspiring, that was compassionate, but that was stern, to this person that was just called Echus Shaytan, like literally the brother of Satan. We need to think deeply about the people that we are around, right? That we can put an arm around, that we can let them know that Allah Ta'ala loves them and will forgive them. Everybody in this room, maybe, and you might say, hey, I am that person. I need that arm. You're like looking for an arm. You're like, right? Trying to, that's true. All of us need the arm and we're also the arm for somebody else. Isn't it? When people put, you guys, we just watched the World Cup. May Allah Ta'ala bring us back to the World Cup. I mean, right? That's a weird draw to make. But I feel like it united the Ummah because of Morocco. So if you look at how they, how they, they interlink arms, right? There's always one that's over the other, and then the other one's over somebody else. This is the Ummah of the Prophet. You're always going to be benefited by somebody else, but then you have to pay zakat on that. You have to benefit other people. So you can never be so focused on trying to fix others that you don't try to fix yourself, but you also can't sit there selfishly, always worrying about fixing yourself and not give it on to other people. 
All right, that, that chain has to continue. That chain has to continue, okay? Um, so we'll go ahead and wrap up there because actually it's going to be in 10 minutes. We ask Allah Ta'ala to give us beautiful brotherhood and sisterhood. We ask Allah Ta'ala to give us true community like his ummah, like his Medinan community. We ask Allah Ta'ala to always allow our character to be a reason why people come closer to Allah and that we ask Allah to protect us from ever being somebody that our words or our actions or anything that is about us is a reason for people to go further away from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Ameen, Rabbil Alameen. Jazakum Allah khairan. I love you all for the sake of Allah. Inshallah, I'll see you guys this week. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.